Well, today we are beginning a brand new teaching series called The Eleventh Hour, a series on the end times. This is something that I've been feeling for, for quite some time, honestly. Uh, but just to be transparent with you, this is, this is a study that, in a series that's always difficult, uh, not so much to talk about, but difficult to prepare for, because this is one of those things, there's just, there's so much, you can just go as deep as you want to go, but I do feel like it is imperative that we know what is happening in our world today, and don't think that it's just, uh, just happening by chance, or it's just the way that things are going, but so much of the things that we see on the news, so much of the things that we hear about, were predicted and prophesied in the Bible. And so uh, for us, when we see these things happening and see these things unfolding in our world today, it is a sign that the end of the world is very, very near. Now, this, this is going to be a little different from my normal uh, teaching series. This is going to be a lot of information, but I believe that it will be helpful for you. I would highly encourage you to take notes um, and I don't just say that because I'm the one speaking. I just say that because there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to talk about today, a lot of scripture that I want to give you that you can go home and, and reference that and research it. And I just believe even if you never look at the notes again, there's something about writing something down that helps you to learn it. So if you don't have anything to take notes on this morning, you can pull out your cell phone. I trust you that that is what you're doing when you're doing this. I trust that, that's, that you're taking notes on your cell phone. You're more than welcome to do that. But I highly encourage you uh, to take some notes this morning because much of the things that I'm going to talk about, I believe it's going to answer many of your questions uh, regarding what's happening in our world today and whether or not we are living in the last days. Now, I will tell you this. I am not much of a news watcher. If I'm watching anything on television, it's either sports or Hallmark Channel, because my wife is controlling uh, the television. But I, I, don't, I don't watch a lot of news, but the news that I do watch, specific, specifically at night, and for those of you who watch news, um, you don't have to watch it very long to realize that we live in a world that's full of violence, a world that's full of evil, a world that's full of hatred. I mean, it just seems to be unraveling right in front of us. So many things are happening in the world. Uh, you see this all the time. There are mass shootings that take place. I mean, it almost seems like you can't even get through a month without hearing about a mass shooting, whether that's at school, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's at a nightclub or concert, such as the one in Las Vegas a couple of years ago, or even at a church. We hear about this all the time. There's just chaos that's in the world. You hear about terrorist attacks, uh, suicide bombers, terrorist groups such as ISIS, which seems to be kind of fading away um, Al-Qaeda, all, all sorts of terrorist groups that are out there. Hate crimes seem to be at an all-time high. Countries such as Iran and North Korea that pose a, a nuclear threat to, to us and to Israel and to other nations. The world as we know it seems to be really just very shaky, that we are on shaky ground. It almost seems, and I've even made this comment to my family, sometimes life just seems like that you're just trying to survive. You're, just, you're always aware of your surroundings. The world that we live in has gotten so crazy. And, not, and on top of all of the, the craziness and the chaos as far as what's happening uh, from, from hate groups and, and, and other countries and such, on top of all that, we have natural disasters. We have hurricanes. We have earthquakes. We have tsunamis. So we have, uh, I think we had a tornado warning this morning. We have, we have crazy things that are just happening in our world. And really... 
There are a lot of people who are naive to this, but, but really all of these things are indicators that we are living in the last days. All of these things are, are indicators that we're living in what we would call the 11th hour, that, that if the return of Christ or if the end of the earth is symbolized by, by midnight, then, then we are living in the 11th hour. We are very close to the end of the world. But how close are we? How close are we to the return of Christ? How close are we to this world coming to an end? Well, the good news for us today is that this exact same question was asked by Jesus' disciples to, to, to Jesus. They said this. Matter of fact, I want you to open to Matthew chapter number 24. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. Matthew chapter 24. In verse number 3, it says this. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? Look at this. And what will be the sign of your coming? That they wanted to know, just like you and I want to know, what's, what's going to be happening in our world? What, what is going to be a sign of your coming and what? And the, the end, everybody said the end, the end of the age. So fortunately for us, while Jesus was here on this earth, they asked this question like you and I want to know today. In other words, they're asking this question, what's the world going to look like? How are we going to know? What's it, what are some signs that are going to be happening that will point to your return? So Jesus answered, verse number four. He says, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of, what's this? You will hear of wars. It should be, the, yeah, there you go. You will hear of, Wars, keep going, one more slide. You will hear of, there you go, wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are, this is very important, see to it that you are not alarmed. In other words, this, this entire series that I do on end times should not cause us to live in fear as believers. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you should be a little, be a little fearful of things that are going on. But he's telling his followers, don't let these things alarm you. We should not be alarmed. If this series does anything for us as believers, it should cause us to have a hope and expectancy that we are very close to seeing our Savior. Amen. That was better than your response. But anyway, um, so he says, he says uh, don't be alarmed. These things, what? They must happen. They must happen. But the end is still to come. In other words, the things that you and I are witnessing unfold in our world today, the things that we're seeing, the craziness, the chaos, the terror, the, the violence, the fighting, the wars, and all of these things, these things must play out. I believe that they, it's, it's God's sovereign plan unfolding that is bringing in and ushering in the end of this world. But then, there he goes on to say, he says, uh, Verse 7, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. When you watch the worldwide news at night, you see these things happening on a daily basis. Wars, uh, nations fighting against nations, famines, earthquakes. But then look what Jesus says in verse number 8. This is, this is very, very, very important. Jesus says, these things, these signs are just the beginning of birth pains. Now, we're going to refer to this phrase quite a bit today because, 
For those of you ladies who are in the group this morning and, and you've experienced childbirth, the natural process of childbirth, you, you know what it's like that as, as the birth of your child draws near, the contractions become not only more intense, but, but more frequent, right? They, 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 they start off as just, oh, what, what would, I, I'm acting like I know, I don't, I don't know, but you know, they, they start off as, as kind of mild, and then you know, you're timing them, they may be a couple minutes apart, but then as the, as, the, as the birth draws near, they get more intense, and they get more frequent, so keep that in mind because Jesus is saying these, all of these signs that I just gave you, all of these things that I said would happen, as the end draws near, they're like birth pains. They're going to get more intense and they're going to become more frequent. Birth pains, are, they're, they're actually good. They're not, not so much the pain, but, but, the, but rather the joy that those pains are going to bring forth. So what that means for us as Christians is when we see these things, for us, it's not the end, but rather it's, it's, it's the beginning of something new. That, that something new is about to happen. So we should not look at these signs and be in fear. We should look at these signs and say, wow, the Lord is about to return. The beginning of eternity where we'll live with the Lord forever is on the brink. It's about to happen. As we move through this series this morning, we're going to be looking at some of the things that the Bible says are going to happen. We, we call this uh, prophecy, Bible prophecy. And Bible, Bible prophecy is really a revelation that God gives um, where He's sharing a revelation of something that's going to happen in the future. That's, that's what Bible prophecy is. It's, it's God revealing something that's, that's going to to happen, and, and you probably don't know this, some of you do, but, but roughly 30% of the Bible is prophecy. It's like 27, 28, somewhere in there, but roughly 30% of the Bible is, is prophecy. And, and really, that's one of the ways, for me, that's one of the, the ways that I know that the Bible is real, is because many of the things that the Bible says would happen have already happened. And so the fulfilling of prophecy really validates, it's one of the ways that, that validates the Word of God. So many prophecies have already happened. The other prophecies are happening now, and some of them will be fulfilled as the end of the, the earth comes to an end. And one of the prophecies is the return of Christ to this earth. The return of Jesus to the earth. And when it comes to this prophecy of Jesus coming back to this earth, you typically find three responses, or really three categories of people. Number one, you have people who don't know anything about it. They're just, they've never heard about it. Um, number two, you have people who, like us as Christians, who, who believe it and embrace it and, and look with excitement and expectancy ready to meet their Savior, the one that we just sang songs about. We, we, uh, we believe that He's coming back, we embrace it, and we look forward to the day when we will stand before Him in His presence face to face. And then the third group of people, or the third response, are people who doubt it. People who've heard about Him coming back, but say things like, yeah, I've, in my case, for instance, when I grew up, oh yeah, I've heard that my whole life, that Jesus is coming back. 
You have people who doubt it. Matter of fact, you have people who might speak the exact words that the Apostle Peter wrote about in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He says this, he says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Now, a scoffer is, is someone who's, who's a mocker. They're just you know, making fun of things or just mocking things. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. Look at this. They will say, here's what people are going to say in the last days, people who make a mockery of things that were written in the Bible. They're going to say, where is this coming that He promised? In other words, they fall into the category of people today who doubt that Jesus is coming back. They're saying, where is this coming that He promised? And many of you today may be saying that same thing. Well, Scott, I've heard this my whole life that Jesus is coming back. Where is this coming that He promised? To which all of us need to be reminded that in the Bible there are more than 300 prophecies regarding the coming of Jesus and the return of Jesus. One third of those 300 prophecies have to do with His first coming. Two thirds of those prophecies have to do with His Second coming. So what does that mean for us? Well, if a hundred of those prophecies had to do with His first coming and He came, then you can be sure that if He came in response to 100 prophecies, that He is certain to come in response to 200 prophecies regarding His second coming. Just look at your neighbor and say, He's coming. He's coming. Jesus was determined... For people to understand that even though He had come the first time, He would come again a second time. Now we've already seen this, but I want, to, I want you to see it again. In, in verse number 3 of Matthew chapter 24, the disciples ask Him, what will be the sign of your coming? Now who are, who are they speaking to? They're speaking to Jesus, so obviously He's, he's there, right? I mean, I, I hope I'm not making this too watered down or too simple. And they're asking him, what will be the sign of your coming? Now, if Jesus was not planning on coming again a second time, he would have stopped them right there, wouldn't he? What do you mean, me coming? I, I'm here. Do you not see me? I'm not, this is it. I'm not coming anymore. But he doesn't stop them. Matter of fact, he goes on to tell them, here's some signs that you can look for that will point to my return. There are a hundred, and I didn't have time to put all of these in the script, in the in my notes today, but if you go and just, just Google or, or whatever type of um, uh, Bible software that you may have, if you just look for um, uh, verses that talk about Jesus coming again, there, there are tons of Scripture that are in there. I mean, several. When, when Jesus ascended to the, to the heavens, there were people there watching Him go into heaven and they were looking like, where are you going? And there were angels that said, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus that's ascending will come again in like manner. There are several verses. In fact, verse number 30, keeping it in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 30, Jesus said, They will see the Son of Man doing what? Coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. In verse number 37, Jesus said, So it will be at the, the coming of the Son of Man. He's referring to Himself. Verse 42, Jesus says, Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will Come. Jesus wanted his followers to know that he would come again. 
But before he returns, he said there would be some things that we could look for, some things that would happen that would serve as a sign as to how close we are to him coming back. And that's what I want to look at this morning. And then as we move into this series, we'll talk, we'll talk more about the tribulation period and Antichrist and millennium reign and all, the, all those fun, exciting things. But, but, but we got to talk about the fact that the, the world as we know it is, is coming to an end. And how do we know that? Jesus said there's going to be signs that will show you that this end of the age is wrapping up, that my coming is very near. So, so I want to give you a, a few words this morning to, to write down, to look at of some things that Jesus said would happen uh, the first one is the word deception. Deception. Jesus said in verses 4 and 5 of Matthew 24, He says, watch out that no one does what? That no one deceives you. For many will come in My name claiming I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. Jesus was saying, as the end of the world draws to a near, there are going to be many people who come saying that they are a messenger of God. Many people who come who will say that they have a special message from God. And he says, you better watch out so that you will not be deceived. In my lifetime, I have seen people um, who claimed to be a messenger from God. Just to name a few, uh, Jim Jones. Uh, David Koresh, David Slayer. Some of you may have, may have heard some of these names. These are people who claim to be messengers of God. People who claim to be the Messiah. And they deceived many. Not only are there people who, um, who, who claim to be uh, Messiah and, and try to deceive people this way, but there are people who, who try to deceive people with predicting when the Lord is coming back. Do y'all remember for those of you guys who are... Who, who are who are more seasoned in life. Do you remember uh, back, and this isn't that old, this is in my lifetime. You remember back in, in 88 where the book was written, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will, will Come in 1988? you remember that? And then um, he didn't come in 1988, obviously, so there was a revised edition in 89 that said 89 reasons why Jesus will come back in 1989. And then Jesus didn't come back, and I think the guy just realized, okay, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but people all the time are trying to predict. Oh yeah, Jesus has come back. And they're getting people, they're, they're losing focus. And they're getting, they're, many people are being deceived. People who claim to be messengers of God. People who claim to be, uh, have a special message from God. They're deceiving many. And Jesus said that that would happen. But honestly, guys, the thing that intrigues me the most about this deception that Jesus warns of is who he was speaking to. Jesus wasn't speaking to a vast crowd of people. Jesus was speaking to His closest followers. He was speaking to His disciples. The Bible says that the disciples came to Him privately and asked this message. So Jesus is, is speaking to His closest followers, which I believe speaks to the potential deception within the church. That even in the church that, 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 that we attend, hopefully not going on in this church, but even within a church there is deception. Many so-called professing Christians are being deceived by false teachings. By, by something, we don't call it deception, what it, would actually be, what it would look like in our day and age would be tolerance. 
where we don't, we, don't, we don't teach about sin. We don't talk about repentance. We don't talk about black and white. There's more of a, a shades of gray. There's more of a gray area. It's not clear cut. And I believe that as we see the end of the age drawing near, we see more and more deception, not just in our world, but even within the church. And Jesus is saying, watch out so that no one deceives you. In other words, guys, we better know the Word of God. Don't, I, I appreciate your trust in me as your pastor, but don't just take my word for it. You better, you better have a relationship with Jesus. You better be into this Word, and you better know what this book says. That's what Jesus is saying. Watch out. Deception is going to be increasing and become more intense in the last days. Another word to look at is the word disasters or disaster. Verses 6 and 7, Jesus said, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Next slide, please. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. You guys know this, but there's, there's always been fighting. There's always been violence. There's always been uh, wars. But Jesus is saying, remember, the key phrase here is birthing pains or birth pains. That, that means that as, as the end draws near, things are going to become more intense and things are going to become more frequent. Jesus says violence and fighting and war and nation against nation are going to increase and escalate as the end draws near. And we know this. Many of you have lived through many wars in your lifetime and millions of people have been killed uh, during these wars. And it's, it's only going to escalate. And it's going to escalate, watch this, and, and I've got to be careful because I don't want to get into what I want to talk about later in the series, but it's going to escalate to a point to where the whole world is going to be calling for peace, which will usher in the reign of the Antichrist. And Jesus said these things are going to happen, that wars and, 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 and violence are going to increase. And they will be signs of the end times, disasters. But it's not just these kind of disasters. He goes on to say there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Now, earthquakes are not anything new for us, but I don't think we realize how, how frequent or frequently that, that earthquakes happen. I did some research this week and and there are millions of earthquakes that happen every year. But they're, they're too weak to even be recorded. But the ones that are strong enough to be recorded, uh, the research shows that there are 20,000 earthquakes that happen every single year that are large enough to be recorded in some form or fashion. Which means that this world is, once again, it, we are on sh literally shaky ground. And like birth pains, I mean, we've heard of earthquakes, but like birth pains, they're happening more frequently and they're becoming more and more intense. And as we draw closer to the return of Jesus, not only will we see more and more earthquakes, but Jesus also said there would be famines and they would increase. Now, now let me just stop right here for just a second. And uh, most of the time when we think about a famine, it's you know, a lack of food, lack of water, just cut off from any sort of, of resources, a lot of times we have the tendency to think about third world countries. And rightfully so. I mean, that's typically where we see famines. But, but we've seen small famines even within our own country. Uh, but typically there are enough resources in other parts of our country to take care of something, you know, a Hurricane Katrina or, 
or, or Hurricane Harvey, when there's a big disaster, we usually have resources to pull from other places and help you know, limit uh, the damage and, and the, the drought as much as, or the, the famine as much as possible. But did you know, and once again, let's not be fearful of this, okay? Let's, let's be, uh, have a hope and expectancy about us. But when it speaks about famines becoming more and more frequent, you may not know this, but did you know that our greatest, the greatest threat to our country right now and, and the thing that, that our homeland security is probably the most worried about is a, a biochemical or a, or a nuclear uh, what's called an EMP, electro- electromagnetic pulse attack against our country. That if you go and, and Google, don't, please don't do it right now. I know many of you have your phones out. But if you go Google uh, nuclear elect- electromagnetic pulse, that um, these countries that have become a, um, a, a nuclear threat, they could have a warhead that has one of these digits or gadgets, whatever that looks like on it, that could, they could explode that thousands of miles in the atmosphere above the United States of America. And when that electromagnetic pulse goes off, that it would, it would um, cause everything that, that runs off electricity or, or um, has a magnetic um, device in it to be completely stopped. Um, uh, cars, would, the majority of cars would stop working. Cell phones would stop working. Anything electronic would stop and it would affect the entire country. Something to think about, isn't it? And millions upon millions of people would die because of that. And Jesus said famines would, would increase. Aren't you glad you come to church this morning? You got some good news that... Awesome. The third word, write this down, distress. Distress. Verse 9 of Matthew 24, Jesus said, you're going to be handed over and you're going to be persecuted and put to death. Who's He talking to? He's talking to His followers. He says, you're going to be put to death and you're going to be hated by all nations because of Me. Because of your belief in me. Jesus is saying there's going to be a persecution of believers and that persecution is going to intensify. It's going to become more, <clears throat> excuse me, going to become more frequent. And it's easy to think about, uh, think that the persecution of Christians that Jesus was talking about um, happened under the, the Roman Empire. And they indeed, you, you read the lives of the disciples. I mean, the majority of them died. They were martyred for their faith, their belief in Jesus Christ. But remember, Jesus had just used the, the phrase birth pains, meaning that as the world comes to an end, these signs that I'm telling you about, these things that I'm showing you, are going to become more intense and you're going to see them happen more frequently. Research shows us that there have been more Christians martyred, or, which means they were killed for their faith. They were killed because they were Christians. There have been more Christians killed for their faith in the last 120 years than there has been the, in all of the, the last centuries, the last, what, what is that, 20 centuries combined. More Christians have been killed in the last 120 years than the last 20 centuries combined. An average, listen to this, you can look this up. An average of 90,000 Christians a year are being killed for their faith. 90,000. That's approximately 246 a day, 10 per hour, one every five minutes. 
80% of all acts of religious discrimination are against Christians. I mean, we're seeing that happen even, even in our world, in our nation today. You're seeing that happen. And Jesus said it will only get worse as we move closer to the return of Christ. Distress. Fourth word is denial. Verse 11, Jesus said this, many. Remember, He's talking about, they, what was the question? He said, um, what are some signs? What's going to be going on uh, before you re- return again? What's going to be going on um, before the end of the, the earth happens? And Jesus is telling them these signs. So He says here, many will turn away from Me and they will betray and hate each other. I, I think it's, it's a fair assessment to say that every generation becomes more and more selfish. We are more stimulated by earthly things than we are heavenly things. In our pursuit of pleasure and happiness, it's easy to deny and to reject the truth. And when we reject and deny the truth, we reject and deny Jesus, who is the truth, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and when we reject and deny this truth, we're rejecting and denying Jesus. And Jesus is saying, many are going to turn away from me. In the last days, many will turn away from me. The Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. He says, In the last days, which is what this series is about, in the last days there will be people, watch this, who have a form of godliness. In other words, they're going to look religious. They're going to look like that they, they are a follower of Christ because they go to their church every single Sunday. They give in the offering. They have the, the bumper sticker on the back of their of their SUV that says, you know, I, I love Jesus. He says they're going to they're, they're have a form of godliness, but they will what? They will deny the power that can make them holy. Can I just say, the power that can make them holy is the real Jesus. And when we deny the real Jesus, we're denying the power that could make us holy. That's why our world is so crazy. I've, I've shared this with you time and time again that I have great concern for, great concerns for the state of Christianity today. Because there are so many people who profess to be a follower of Christ, but they look nothing like a follower of Christ. Matter of fact, you can't tell the difference between them and a person that's of the world. And Jesus said, this is going to be a sign of the last days. There are going to be many who, turn, who deny me. They turn away from me. Yeah, they, they might have a form of godliness. They might go through the motions. They might, they might look like they've got things together, but they're denying the power that could truly make them holy. There's no change. There's, they're still in bondage. They're still in slavery. They don't know what it's like to accept truth. Embrace Christ. And Jesus said that in the last days, people will deny me. Fifth word is desensitized. Verses 12 and 13, look what Jesus said. He says, in the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere. It's out of control. And the love of many will grow cold. But what's this? But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Sin is rampant today because we've become more and more desensitized to ungodly Media, things that in my lifetime, things that once used to bother us, things that used to be clear cut, black and white. Yeah, that's not, that's righteous, that's not righteous, that's good, that's not good, has become more and more shaded with gray. Now there's no clear cut lines as what is, what is right and what is wrong. 
And the more that we see this, the more that is pushed down our throats by the media, the more we become desensitized. Many people today who, who some are even professing Christians, have become desensitized to sin because they've gotten away from the Word of God. That's why, can I just remind you again, you, you better, and for those of you that don't know, this is a Bible. And I'm not, I don't mean, I don't mean that sarcastic. I mean, maybe I'm holding up this book and you're like, well, what book has he got? Okay, this, this is a Bible. But, but for those of you who's fallen out of love with this book, who, who don't digest this book on a, on a daily basis, you, you need to get a desire. You need to ask God to give you a desire for His Word. Wake up, spend, spend two or three minutes. You don't, I'm not asking you to spend all day in the Word, but spend a couple of minutes before you start your day. Get some Word inside of you. If you don't get the Word inside of you, you are going to become desensitized and things that that are, are sinful, you, it'll be just a gray area for you. You won't know what, what's right and what's wrong. And Jesus said these would, this would become more and more prominent in the last days. And the sixth and final word is declaration. Declaration. Some of you might say, well, Scott, you're up here preaching that Jesus is going to come back. Why hasn't He come back already? And that's a good question. That's a good question. But I be, believe that the Bible answers that question for us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Look at this. This is, this is good. I promise you, I'm, I'm almost finished. Just bear with me. I told my wife I have 10 pages of notes today. She said, God help us. <laughs> Do you enjoy this? I hope you enjoy this. Thank you for those three who said they do. I, pre- I prepare for you every single way. It sounds like it come from over this area. It's, we'll just... <laughs> 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9-10. through 10. Look at this. I love this. Watch this. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. What's His promise? I'm coming again. As some people think, no, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. There are people that are in this room today who have never given your life to Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, He's delaying His coming because of you. He's being patient for you. There are people that are in this room this morning and you know that you're not living for the Lord. He's waiting for you. He's being patient for you. There are people that that are in this room today who have family members who are lost and you haven't said a single thing to them about Jesus in years. He's waiting for them. He's being patient for them. But all of that being said, look at the very next verse. He says, but the day of the Lord, what? What? What's going to happen? He says, it will come. It will come. As unexpectedly as a thief. He's going to come. Yes, right now He's being patient because He doesn't want to see anyone perish, but He wants everyone to repent so that He can spend eternity with them, His people, His children. So He's being patient for your sake if you're lost this morning. But mark it down. The very next verse tells us, but the Lord will come. The fact that He hasn't come yet doesn't mean that He's not going to come. The fact that He hasn't come yet means that we are closer to the coming of the Lord today than any other generation in the history of time. He's coming. 
His Word says He's coming. How many believes the Word of God? He's coming. Jesus Himself says He's coming. The signs are all around us. They tell us that He's coming. Now look at verse 14 of Matthew chapter 24. Here's what Jesus said regarding declaration. He says, The gospel of the kingdom will be preached. It will be declared in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Watch this. And then the end will come. What was the question? When, when are you coming? When, when is the end of the earth? Jesus tells them all the signs. And then He says, and then the Word of the Lord is going to be preached to the entire world. The Gospel of the Kingdom is going to be preached to the entire world. And then the end will come. One of the signs of the end times is that the Gospel is being declared to the entire world. And never in the history of this world has there been a time when this would have even been, have been possible. But with the invention of TVs and radios and satellites and portable computers and, and mobile devices and other broadcasting and streaming devices, this is now possible. Even in third world countries, you have missionaries that can access and use software to easily translate messages into the native language so that they can communicate the gospel with these people. I read an interesting article last week just because I'm the type of person, well, for one, I'm, Preston told me I'm CDO. I'm, it's, it's OCD in the correct order, okay? Um, so I, I, like, I like things in order. I like to have all my ducks in a row. But, but for two, I like, to, I, like to, I like to do a lot of research just to try to get facts straight and just try to get statistics. So just this last week, I... I was typing out, how, how many different languages, spoken languages, are there in our world? I know all of you probably know that, but I didn't know that. And uh, there are, according to research, there are 6,909 spoken languages in this earth. 6,909 spoken languages in this earth. Now watch this, watch this. Bible translators have been trying for, 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 for decades, for years and years and years to get the Bible translated in every spoken language. And, and for several years, as they see in how long it was going to take, for several years, their goal was to have a translation of the Bible in all 6,909 spoken languages of the earth by the year 2150 which I don't think any of us are going to be around to see that. However, watch this. However, that was their goal, 2150. However, with the advancement of technology and portable computers and satellites, the process has been greatly accelerated. Translators with the Wycliffe organization now say that they will have a translation in every spoken language in this earth by the year 2025 which is six years. Now, pastor, are you saying that's when the Lord is coming back? I'm not saying that. No one knows the day or the hour. He could come back today. I believe He could come. I, the best of my understanding of Scripture, there's not anything holding Him back. He could come at any time. God's Word is being preached throughout the earth. God's Word is being declared to the whole world. He's coming Soon, And the question that 
that all of us need to be asking ourselves this morning, knowing that these signs are so evident, knowing that Jesus is coming back and that the end of this earth is getting closer and closer, the question that all of us should be asking ourselves is, am I ready? Am I ready? And that can't just be answered with like, oh yeah, I'm ready because I'm a good person. If it was up to being good, there's not any of us who would be good enough to go to heaven. The only way that we can say that we are ready is by accepting Jesus Christ and making Him the Lord and the Savior of our life. And that word Lord, I know we don't use that word much in, in modern language, but that word Lord simply means manager. Making Jesus my Savior, He saved me from sin, and the manager of my life. That means that I answer to Him. I don't tell Him what to do. His Word tells me and instructs me on how to live my life. And I submit, as we learned last week, to His authority over my life. The question this morning is, are you, are you ready? I, I believe that God has you here this morning. Even if this was your first time visit and you only planned on visiting once, I believe that God has you here this morning to hear this message. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord to return? What are you doing about it? This message that we heard, there are many of us who are ready. There are many of us who have given our life to Jesus and, and we live by His decrees and we, we've made Him the Lord of our life. But there are several people that are in our family. There are several people who, who, who surround us at work. There are several people who surround us at school, at daycare, wherever that you are. There are people all around you who are not ready to meet the Lord. And our question then has to become, what am I doing about it? I know Pastor Scott preached an outstanding, over-the-top, dynamic message Sunday, June the 23rd, on the topic that the end of the earth is coming and that Jesus is, is coming. What am I doing about it? If I really believe that His coming is imminent, if I really believe that His coming is urgent, I've got friends who don't know Jesus. I've got family members who don't know Jesus. I have kids who don't know Jesus. What am I doing about it? Who are you telling? What are you doing today to share the gospel with those around you? I'm telling you today, He's coming. And as we move further in this series, next week we're going to talk more about, more about His coming and, and move into the, some of the things that, that are going to happen as the world comes to an end. And, and let me just say this without giving too much away. We, I believe, I'm just going ahead and let the cat out of the bag. I believe in the rapture of the church that it's a pre-tribulation happening. Okay, that, that's my personal belief. There's a lot of people who believe mid-trib, some believe post-trib. That's, that's okay. If you want to hang around and, and be here for that, that's, that's fine. I believe in a, in a pre-tribulation rapture that before, that the, before the great tribulation happens, that Jesus comes for His, his church raptures them and they're safely in His presence while the world is, is, is being destroyed. The wrath of God is being poured out. I just promise you, you don't want to be here. So you better know that you're right with the Lord. And when you're right with the Lord, you need to do all that you can to be sharing this gospel with other people. Because the Lord doesn't want any to perish, but He wants everyone to be saved. 
And if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you've never made Him the Lord of your life, I'm telling you, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put off till next week. We're not promised tomorrow. Even if Jesus doesn't return for another 25 years, you're not promised tomorrow. Am I ready? I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And as I pray, don't let this time be where you're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch or, or where you're going to go this afternoon or what you're going to what chores you're going to do when you get home. Let this be a time to where you're reflecting on what God has spoken to your heart this morning. Let this be a time to where you're at. Maybe, maybe you are saved, but let this be a time to where if you are saved, maybe you're asking yourself this question, who needs to hear this message? Who, who is in my family? Who is in my, 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 my fellowship of friends and co-workers that, that need to know that Jesus is coming back? And if you're not here this morning, you don't know Jesus. You've never given your life to Him. Or maybe you gave your life to Him as a child, but for whatever reason, you've walked away from Him. Today, in this time, in this moment, needs to be the time and the opportunity that you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I repent for living a selfish life. I want You to come into my life. I want You to, to be the Lord over my life. And if you're here this morning, and, and that's you, and you say, Pastor Scott, I, I don't know Jesus. I and I want to make sure that I'm ready. And, to, and today, I want to ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins and, and be my Savior and, and to make Him the Lord of my life. If that's you, I just simply want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Is, is there one that's in this room that would say that? Praise the Lord. I'm assuming by that that all of us here this morning are right with the Lord. But all of you that are here this morning even though you're right with the Lord, there are people that are around you. I'm not talking about in this room. I'm talking about in your sphere of influence who don't know Jesus, who need to hear the message of hope, who need to hear what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that you've got to go and, and uh, you know, be a, a, a freak about it and be over the top, but there are, there are opportunities, endless opportunities that will happen throughout the day where maybe somebody said, hey, did you see what happened on the news the other night? And you have a prime opportunity right then to speak, yeah? I saw that. Did you know the Bible talks about this? Did you know these are some of the things that Jesus said would happen right before He comes? And you have a prime opportunity to do that. So as I pray this prayer as we end this morning, I, I want you right now to ask God for boldness during this time of prayer. I want you to ask Him for boldness, for you to, to speak and to take a stand for Him and to not back down, to not deny Him, to not be ashamed of Him, but to every opportunity that you have to be a witness that you would take advantage of that and make the most of it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much, Lord, for Your Word. God, because we have Your Word, we're not left in the dark as to what's going on in the world and we're not left in the dark as to as to what's going to happen and what things to look for. God, Your Word is very clear. And God, I thank You for Your Word. I love Your Word. Your Word is very precious to me. And I thank You, Lord, that You give us signs, that You show us some of the things that will play out before the world is in, it comes to an end. I thank You, God, for the message of the cross and for resurrection. Because of that, Lord, I have hope. God, I've given my life to You. Everyone in this room, God, according to according to the response while ago, Lord, has given their lives to You. Lord, they have that hope and assurance that they are right with You. That when You come, God, they're going to be the ones that are taken. When their life on this earth is over, God, they're going to be immediately in Your presence. But God, we know that there are people around us, there are people in our sphere of influence who do not know You. And God, right now, we ask for boldness. We ask, God, that we would be warriors for Christ. That we would not 
deny you, that we would not be ashamed of you, that we would not back down from an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And God, I pray, God, for every, every week, God, even every day, God, that we would have an opportunity presented to us to where we could share our faith, where we could share our testimony, where we could talk about you. Because, Lord, we know your heart. We read it this morning. God, your heart is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And we play a vital role in making that happen. So, God, give us a boldness. Give us a boldness to share our faith. Give us a boldness to share your word. I pray over all the people that are in this room today. God, I pray blessings upon their life. God, I pray that everything that they set their hands to do, God, that they would prosper at, that you would bless them in all areas and health and finances and, and wisdom. God, let them increase in the knowledge of the Word of God so that they can be warriors for Christ. And we just pray that as we go out into, the, into our battlefield, God, as we go out into our mission fields this week, that you would help us share the Word of God with others. We thank you for it. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Hey, bring some